it's time to crank up the truth. I'm Val Selby, and over the decades of working online, I've learned a most important lesson. Mindset owns your business. If procrastination, imposter syndrome, and a lack of focus have been blocking your biz, then I'm here with Val Full Volume, ready to help you see choices that you're making. Get ready to own your personality and use your expertise to create the business of your dreams. Now is the time to make changes and live your best life. So let's get to it. All right, everyone. I am excited here again with another friend. I know I have friends (laughs) and lots of them. And they're all so many of them are in the business sphere. So I love bringing them on here to talk with you. I'm especially looking forward to this conversation. And I shouldn't term it that way because now it just makes everybody before sound like I wasn't especially. Today, I'm happy to be talking with Pam, <laughs> rephrasing it in action, <laughs> to be talking with Pam Ham- Hamilton because she just released a book. And yes, I've read the book. I read it. <laughs> so thank you for being here, Pam. And we are going to absolutely dig into your book. But please tell my listeners whatever you want them to know about you. Hey, Val. So I am really excited to be here. I'm so happy to be here. And I really want people to know, I guess the most important thing people should know is that I used to be invisible and now I'm not. And it's because I learned to love myself and I learned to incorporate these 10 principles of visibility that I put into a book and I live by them and they've helped me get my life on track and be where I am today. And so I'm really, really excited to be talking with you about this. I love that you put them all in like this little action book. Yes. You know, I I started talking with Pam before and I'm like, oh, no, no. Oh, hell, I had better stop talking before before I say some good stuff that I'm not sharing. So I had to hit record. But I love the size of this book. Yes. I love, love, love the size of this book. I have not been reading a lot for years. That's part of not putting myself as a priority, which I mean, you talk about in here, the downtime and all of that. (laughs) Yes, I I am a work in progress still with that for sure. So I love that there was no excuse. The size of this book is zero excuse to not be consuming it. Yes, exactly. You can read this book in 90 minutes. Even if you read slow. I mean, it's, I didn't want to write a big fluff piece. I wanted to put these principles in, explain why they were important and how you can start moving them into your life. And I offer a workbook. When you buy the book, you can download the workbook and like do the stuff. But it's really about you changing your life. So I didn't want an elaborate long book. I just wanted people to be able to read this book and get the meat. (laughs) And I appreciate that because, of course, my community knows that, yeah, nobody's got time for fluff. (laughs) (laughs) We are busy. We don't have time for fluff or smoke shows or any of that stuff unless we're going to a movie theater, you know, and especially when we're processing starting to work on ourselves. It's hard enough to be like, okay, I do need this. I do need to do this. So for anybody that's still in the process that they might not be picking this book up, what can we tell them about taking care of themselves and why the 10 principles are going to help them? 
So when you think about it, like the reason why I wrote the book in the first place, right, is because everybody talks about how you got to get visible to build your business and grow it. And then they talk about it like it's a marketing thing. And they're talking to you about marketing and marketing and marketing and marketing. And yeah, that's necessary. You need to market. But how are you going to market when you're afraid to be seen, right? I mean, that's the step one is finding that courage to get seen. And that's a huge hurdle because a lot of why people don't want to be seen is because they just don't love themselves. They don't love themselves enough to feel worthy to be out there. And so I wanted to hit those things and talk to people about it because when you don't even like yourself, how can you let other people see you as your authentic self, Mm -hmm. right? And so getting out there and finding a way to be your authentic self and know that you are that you were born worthy. I mean, you don't even have to earn it. You were born that way. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Just being able to move through that and get to the point where you're comfortable in your own skin is what this book can help you do. Those principles helped me get there. And it's it's so true what you're saying about the marketing and all of that. All of the lessons you learn in marketing have will not help you in any way, shape or Mm-mm. form. Not a speck. Not at all. Because you're not going to do the work if you're ashamed or just, you know, don't like yourself. Like you said, you're Mm. never, ever, ever going to market yourself. Exactly. If you're embarrassed, you feel like a fraud, whatever, you're not going to put that stuff in place. So no matter how many different strategies and action things you think of doing, you're not going to actually fulfill doing those and step by step through that process. Because you don't want to be out there. I mean, like, you know, you want to be seen. You know, you need to be seen. The problem is you don't want to. Yeah. You just don't want to. It's like, please don't look at me. Right. (laughs) Right. Just just buy my shit. But don't. (laughs) Don't look at me, please. Ignore the person behind the curtain. (laughs) It's so true. I can look at so many of the years when I was that way. And I'd even have friends when I was, you know, working online and my message would get so confusing and so wishy-washy because I didn't know who the hell I was or what I wanted. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you wrote in there, I was always trying to be what I thought the person in front of me wanted. Exactly. Exactly. And when you're writing emails or doing any kind of marketing, oh my God, that's like, all you do is bring in trolls. That's all you bring in. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because the first thing when you're really trying to market is one, know who the heck you want to talk to, right? Yeah. Know who it is you want to be attracting and then talk to that person. But how are you going to do that if you don't even know who you are or what you want, right? I just want this person to like me. Please like me. Please. <laughs> I'm not going to tell you who I am, but I just want you to like me. Please. <laughs> so true. And that's hilarious because I told you when I bought it and we're a video so she could see. I told you when I bought the book, I'd be highlighting and, and coloring and, and all of that. And I did. I did. I got the proof right here. But exactly what you were just saying is what I highlighted very first because I believe it is so true. Be yourself and you will attract all of the right people, things, events, and opportunities you need and want in your life. Exactly. And I know it sounds woo and I'm tired of woo-woo. I'm tired of the word woo-woo because we use it as this excuse for things Mm -hmm. we can't explain as if we're like apologizing. 
I can't explain this, but I still believe it. It's like, how about we just go with it? Yeah. This is what we believe to be true because we've lived it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And it's hard because I, and I do, I say, you know, I know this sounds really woo woo, but here is me. You can look at me and I'm living proof because I've done this. And if you've been in my community for any period of time, you can look back and see when I had the orange blur picture of me because I didn't want you to actually see me. I didn't like how I looked. And so I had this very blurry orange picture. And I finally met one of my followers. He was following my emails and we were talking and he, he said he wanted to meet me. And I was like, I don't, I don't really want to meet. But he met, he ran up on me one day at a conference and he said he was following me. And he goes, and I'm so disappointed you're not orange. It <laughs> <laughs> is so true. I was trying to remember earlier because I knew we were going to chat and I know it's been at least two years, but with COVID, I've lost two years. So, I mean, we've known each other for probably three or four years now. Mm -hmm. And the transformation of your yes. growth of what you've gone through has yes. been awesome. Yes. Awesome. Yes. Even now, because visibility is a work in progress. Yeah. And so you keep working through it. You keep working through it. Because mm -hmm. four years ago, you, holy crap. Would you be doing a book tour and like talking about your book and putting yourself out there in a book and your pictures on the back of the book? Holy shit. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, four years ago, would, would not that not even happening. be a thought? No, not you'd be like doing a pen name probably. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Four years ago, not happening. <laughs> My family is so amazed. It's like, wait, you get on Facebook live? You do videos? You're not in half the family pictures. We used to make family pictures at holidays and you weren't in them. Right. Or if you were, you could see one of your braids sticking out at the back of the mob, you know. Just... There she is. <laughs> she was there. She was there. I see her hair braid. <laughs> so I'm curious, did you ever think of yourself as an introvert? Did you ever label yourself? Were you introvert, extrovert, ambivert? So... I really thought of myself as invisible. And later on, I said, I used to say that I was painfully shy. Mm -hmm. So I didn't use the word introvert. I used painfully shy and invisible. Gotcha. And I really tried my darndest to always be under the radar where people wouldn't, mm -hmm. wasn't expecting anything of me and wasn't picking on me about anything. Mm -hmm. You know, I spent a lot of my life like that because at nine years old, I decided and I didn't know I was deciding this, but I chose to become invisible at nine, right? And at that point, once I realized that that wasn't the right move, I had already been living in fear so long, it was a habit. Right. Right. And so everything I did was based in fear. And at that time, you thought that was you. I thought that was me. Th that's you what know? you needed to do. And, you know, when we talked about woo-woo and we said, and, I, and, you know, like how things can be so woo-woo. I remember always saying I was painfully shy. And at one point I was talking to a new friend and he was talking about being shy and how introverted he was. And I was like, yes, I'm painfully. And I really had to stop because I'm not painfully shy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I talk. I talk to all kinds of people. I talk on stages. I talk yeah. on videos. I talk all over the place, you know, and I talk to people. Yeah. So I'm not shy. I'm not painfully shy. I am still 
now I would say I'm introverted because I feel more comfortable not being in crowds mm -hmm. just because that's who I am. But I don't feel uncomfortable talking to anyone anywhere in any kind of crowd. Nice. I will yeah. talk. Yeah, I was just curious because I just I, it's strange and I haven't figured it quite out yet. But I've, I work with a lot of clients that are introverts. And when I say they're introverts, that's what they tell themselves. They are mm -hmm. introverts. I think I come in the lucky thing that I always had this thing in my head where I said, well, I'm I'm a, a extroverted introvert or, you know, I always knew I was both because I need yes. my downtime. I absolutely yes. have to have my downtime. Get the hell away and leave me alone. Yes. There you go. There you go. That's what I mean by introvert. I got to have yeah. some downtime. Yeah, I got to have my downtime, but I absolutely will love to go and do things and be loud and, and all of that. And everybody assumes that exactly. I'm an extrovert. It's like, no, because when I've hit my getaway point, I'm like, you are going to die if I do not get it. <laughs> so I think for me, it was easier because I understood parts of both. Yeah. And what I've learned with introverts is so many of them and if you're an introvert listen so many of them hold on to that yes as if they can't get out there right because it becomes a, a way an excuse to not have to get out there yeah because getting out there is so hard mm -hmm. and people understand introverted yeah and if you can say i'm introverted then maybe they won't push you so hard maybe they won't try to make you get out there and do this thing yeah. that's scary and hard to do. Yeah. Right. And so, so the introverted label gets on there. But here's the thing why I talk about self-determination. You determine who you are. So you can keep telling yourself you're introverted or you can tell yourself something else. Right. Yeah. And I know when I was deciding I was no longer going to be invisible and that meant I had to talk to people, I decided okay, talking to people is hard, but here's what I can do because I can do harder things. I can listen to them, yes. right? And then when I listen to them, I can have a conversation that's easy because I've heard who they are. That is an excellent point because everybody wants to be heard. Exactly. Everybody wants to be heard. Yeah. And it's, it's very true with all of the visibility like you've seen in yourself, once you figured out what who you were, of course, mm -hmm. you know that was the main thing. But then, what you wanted to share, yes, you couldn't control it anymore. You had to be talking. You had to be sharing. Exactly, it's easy, right? Yeah, it gets much it's easier. What you want to get out there? Yeah, because then your message becomes bigger than your fear, right? It's like you're always choosing between love and fear, love and fear, love and fear. And the more you understand how important your message is to the people that need to hear it, the more that love is moving you up and the message becomes bigger than the fear. Yeah. And so then you can get out there and you can talk and you can say the things you need to be saying. Mm -hmm. And it's easy to say because it's what you totally believe. Yes. You know, you're not a fraud. You're not an imposter. Yes, that's going to pop up. It pops up for all of us. Everyone. Yes, exactly. But when it's something you truly believe and you're 100 percent in on it, you can talk about it all day long with everybody. And you yes. want to. Yes. <laughs> like you, you want to. Exactly. So, so I had another part. Of course, there's there's tons of parts because I mean, this whole book is like a hell yes. As far as I'm concerned, I'm like, I'm like, and that's why I loved it that it was in, nice and small for me because I can just reread the parts that I need over and over again here and there. Yes. But in principle six, so principle six, leaning into your strengths and differences, 
And it probably goes back to what I just was talking about and the other quote I loved. And yet we still very often will spend a lot of our time and effort trying to improve our weaknesses instead of leaning into our strengths and making them better. Holy crap. Is that not true? <laughs> yes, we're, trying, we're always trying to fix ourselves and fix everything. Everything except what we're really good at and should be dealing with right. and leaning on. Right. You know, it's like, why? Yeah. And we do that to ourselves. We do. Yeah. Well, because it's where our brains are negative. They're just made that way to be negative to protect us, you know, from the lions and the tigers and the bears. Oh, my. That aren't around anymore. <laughs> but what if we decided we wanted to focus on what's awesome. Yes. About us. And exactly. blow it up. Exactly. Because then that makes everything different. And it makes it so much easier to learn to love yourself if you are looking at what's awesome about you all the time instead of what's wrong with you all the time. Right? It's like I tell the story about my grandmother who was born left-handed. And at the time, that, was, that meant something was wrong with you. Mm -hmm. So yep. she had to get right-handed. Yeah. <laughs> because otherwise something was wrong. And we do that to ourselves. I mean, even like nowadays, we we don't say, oh, we can't be left-handed because we know that's silly, but we do so many other things that we just beat ourselves up about Yeah, that we don't need to, Yeah, you know? And, and I, I totally loved that analogy because I, I heard it from my own father-in-law because, yeah, he was of that age where mm -hmm. you couldn't be left-handed. Yeah. Like, you know, he was smacked every yeah. time he'd used his left hand because I think it was a sign of retardation is what they decided. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember what the bad part was. It just was really bad. Yep. It was really bad. You couldn't be left-handed. Nope. Yep, yep, because nobody was going to take you serious. So so he was awesome with both hands. I yeah. never even knew that he was left-handed for the longest time you know, yeah. until we were going to have kids and then the conversations come up. It's like, yeah. oh, maybe he is. I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that focus and being told that something is wrong. Yeah. And I mean, it's so ingrained, like the left-handed thing was, there's things in our head that we have had ingrained are wrong that we're not even aware. Right. And so we spend all of our time focusing on that. You could be the most amazing singer in the world, right? But you can't hit this certain high note. And instead of focusing on how amazing you sang, you focus on I got to be able to get this high note right. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? Sing where you can, right? Yeah. We do that to ourselves about everything. Mm -hmm. You know, but even like as a business person, when you start trying to do an event or a process or release a product, when you get to where you, you've done it and you're looking at it and you're looking back at it and you go, oh, this was wrong and this was messed up and this is this and I did this lousy and that. And it's like, wait, no, no, no. Yeah. You did this part awesome. And maybe next time you'll work a little bit on this part to do it differently. Yeah. Right? And maybe you leave this other part over here out. Yeah. But this part was so awesome that people loved it. Yeah. How can you build on that? Exactly. That should be our focus. Okay, that went awesome. How can I build on that? Right. And we never do that. We never do that. We always look at what's... What else is wrong? Yeah. You know, and for me, because when I was growing up, being gay was this awful, awful, awful thing. Right. 
It was an abomination unto the Lord. And some mm-hmm. people still feel that way, but that was where the church was at the time and mm-hmm. what I was growing up in. And so if you realize, wait, I'm an abomination. I'm like this awful, horrible monster. Then everything about me is just wrong. Right. Right. And so how do you love yourself if you're that? Yeah. You don't. You can't. Right. So everything is wrong. And all you do is look at each new thing that's wrong because everything is wrong and you make that be your life. Yeah. Because then at what point do you believe that you're doing anything right? Exactly. Because you weren't made to do anything right. 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 You were an abomination. You shouldn't even be alive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> you know, so right. when you start to look at it that way, it's like, wait, I got to switch this up. Right. right. And so getting to where you determining who you are and realizing that, no, I'm OK. I'm not an abomination. I'm a person. And God loves me. God created me. Then you start to be able to say, OK, there's things I do well. There's some things I can do right. Everything about me isn't wrong. <laughs> right? I know I always love this whole abomination idea and all that. By the way, for the record, being gay is not wrong. You be you. And I just totally lost my thought, train of thought, of course, because I just had to get that in there. Yeah. Um. <laughs> and it was hard because at nine, when I, I found that out at nine and, you know, at the point I didn't even call it gay because I didn't know that there no. was even a word for it. Mm-mm. You know, Stonewall riots hadn't even happened at night when I was nine. Mm-hmm. It happened later that year, but it hadn't happened when I mm-hmm. found out. So it was just like, you know, I found out many, many, many years later that what the name of that was. Right. What your what your label was. <laughs> <laughs> so can you remember the time when you started because because you know, as I'm working through my mindset stuff, I can now start looking back and realizing when some things started clicking. You know, I had no idea at that point. Can you remember when you started feeling more positive about yourself? Was there some turning moments? It was a long journey. Yeah. A long, long, long journey. Yeah. You hated yourself for quite a while, right? Yes, I did. I did. But I remember when I was in my 20s, In college, there were some women that were gay that were really empowering and they they loved themselves. They felt really strong and powerful and that they were okay who they were. Mm -hmm. And so that was really helpful to me. Mm -hmm. Growing up myself, during the time period I grew up, people weren't allowed to talk about being gay if they were adults. And they said anything to someone that was under 18, they could go to jail for perverting a minor. Oh, gosh. So people did not talk about it. Wait, no way. Uh-uh. <laughs> uh, and so I was probably 18 or 19 before I even found out there was a word for what I felt. Mm-hmm. And so that was helpful, but it still wasn't, it wasn't empowering yet. Mm-hmm. I didn't start to feel empowered until I finally came out to my family And they were like, yeah, we knew. (laughs) And I was like, how the heck did y'all know? Everybody that I've had that experience with were like, yeah, we were just waiting for you. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) But we interpret life and we interpret the world around us by our own experiences. And at nine, you're very impressionable because you're still a kid. And so... 
I remember being in church and my pastor, we were supposed to be doing this rally and it was against the person that was the mayor at the time. And he was so filled with hate about this mayor because this mayor, he said this person shouldn't even be the mayor. This person shouldn't even be around because he was a faggot. Oh, no. Yeah. Right? And so there was all these reasons why I felt the guy shouldn't be the mayor. Yeah. But none of it had to be with his sexual orientation. Right. Oh. So, so yeah, just to be reiterated again how wrong right. you are. Right. So over and over and over again, getting that you're just wrong. You're just hated. You're this monster. And as a kid, you see in every cartoon, in every movie, on every TV show, monsters always get killed. And even if they don't get killed, like the, the, the Hunchback of Notre Dame cartoon by Disney, they get ostracized in the tower. Yeah. And they're not going to get the girl. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) There you go. They definitely not getting the girl. (laughs) Oh, true. Oh, yeah. You know, so it was a different. Then you internalize that because nobody can really subject you and keep you down until you believe that stuff about yourself. The internalization of all of that self-hatred is what keeps you down. Yeah. You have to learn to hate yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And yeah. so because I know I didn't even start realizing how much I disliked myself until I was well in my 40s. My 40s have been the whole like life yeah. changing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Life changing. For me, it was my 50s. So yeah. 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 See, I'm 49 and a half right now. So I'm like looking at 50s going, woo, what are we in for in the 50s? Because exactly. the 40s were the like rock everything and blow it all up and change everything that I thought I was. (laughs) I I had my son when I was 35. So I had to start really looking at who I wanted him to see me as. Yeah. At that point. And it started changing my life. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, good stuff. So um, let's see, we're getting we're getting there in time. Um, we should probably I don't want to go through too much more of the book because I do want everybody to grab the 10 principles of visibility, helping you find the courage to be seen. I'm going to put the links in there. But like I said, it is an excellent quick read, no fluff and something that you're going to be able to go back through whenever you're having those self doubt moments. Mm-hmm. I mean, just like Bookmark the ones that you know you are right now. Exactly. Exactly. Because there's going to be chapters that call you again and again. Yeah. And just go back to those chapters. You don't have to reread the whole book, but there are principles that are going to speak to you in this book. And so just go to those principles and lean on them till they become who you are because things come in layers and waves. So just when you think you've mastered it one way, it's going to come to you a different way so you can keep growing and growing into it. Absolutely. And I mean, even even to the point for what I probably highlighted, that's probably honestly what I need to be working on right now. That's one thing I learned from my mom. You know, if somebody's pissing you off and driving you insane, they're usually driving you insane because they're doing whatever you would like to be changing. Mm-hmm. But I think that that also the opposite's true. Like you were saying, the looking for the good. I think these are the ones that I'm like working on Mm-hmm. I feel like I need to be working on right now. So the being yourself attracts the right people. It is truth. I do know it is true. But sometimes 
you get a little wishy-washy in the being yourself, you know, <laughs> especially after decades of not being yourself. Exactly. Exactly. It's like, I need to read that and remind myself, yep, I'm good the way I am. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I, you know, when I was in college, I went to two different colleges. And the first college I was in, I transferred out to a better college that was really wonderful. But I had learned to stop laughing. I stifled my laughter because people didn't take me serious because I laughed too much and too loud. Uh-huh. So I was embarrassed. I, I didn't want to laugh all the time. I was yeah. like really stunted down. Now I'll laugh in a heartbeat about yeah. nothing. You know yeah. what I mean? I'm just yeah. laughing because it's fun. Oh, I yeah. Mean, it's okay now. And and I'm with someone that loves me laughing, you know, and we can laugh together. And mm-hmm. it's a whole different uh, ball of wax. Yeah. And that is just one of the hilarious. I know that was a turning point for me, really paying more attention to being me. was mm-hmm. like one day I sat there and I'm just like, OK, I've had people in my life that have been in my life all of my life. I have a best friend since I was eight years old. My mm-hmm. husband and I got together when I was 17. Mm-hmm. I mean, and so you start looking at it and go, why am I changing for these people? I'm, that don't matter as much mm-hmm. as these people. Yep. And these people see me grubby and gross and laughing too much and too loud because that's my mm-hmm. thing too that I've been told so many times over the years. And that's who they love. Yes, exactly. Why do I not value that more? <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because we always focus on what's wrong. Instead of going, go away. I don't need you. Exactly. <laughs> I was laughing one day. I was at this conference and I was laughing really hard. Because somebody said something that was so funny. And this woman that was supposed to be on my friend came rushing over going, shh, shh, And then just before I could say anything, this other woman came up and said, I just love your laughter. You'd laugh so hard. It's contagious. I just love how you And it shut her up. It shut Uh, her up. I was like, yes. (laughs) That is awesome. That's my tish moment. I know that just from it because she couldn't believe that I ever was worried about being too loud of loud and laughing too much because yeah. she's like, that's how I knew in Atlanta where you were at the conference. <laughs> she's like, I couldn't see you, but I knew where you were. <laughs> I'm like, exactly, exactly to your point right there. You're exactly. going to attract the people. You exactly. Know, sometimes literally. <laughs> exactly. There you go. They'll people... find you across the room. <laughs> exactly. We'll find you wherever you are. Oh, my gosh. Oh, so, Pam, is there anything that you would like to leave the listeners with? Well, I do hope you guys will read the book because you'll get so much out of it. And download the workbook because it's really going to help you get more out of the book. I wrote the book because I knew how hard it was to find that courage. I knew because I was there. I was invisible. I know that it can change for you. Where you are now doesn't have to be where you stay. You can be anything you want, anywhere you want, any way you want. We're both living that. Yes. We're both proving that. Yes, we Absolutely. Yeah. And and not to say that you're not special, but there's nothing like crazy special. We're human. Exactly. About us. We just, a couple steps up. We've learned some lessons. (laughs) Read the book and learn some of the lessons. You'll get there too. There you are. (laughs) Awesome. Thank you so much for being here, Pam. And everybody, I'm going to put all of the information in the show notes for you to go and grab it um, and then uh, live it. (laughs) I was trying to think something else. I'm like, let's just keep it simple. Go (laughs) grab it, read it, live it. (laughs) Perfect. That's the move. (laughs) 
<laughs> Thanks, Pam. Uh, and write a review on Amazon if you yes, read it. Yes, <laughs> absolutely. Good one for the last part. Yeah, if you love it, go leave it a review. I'm going to be going and doing that right now. I wonder if I can leave a picture of I highlighted version. <laughs> it shows I actually read it, right? When I highlight it. <laughs> like proof. Oh, good. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening to Valful Volume. If you are done spinning in circles and procrastinating, check out my quick workshop, 14 Biz Actions. Action creates change. Now go out there and create the biz of your dreams. <laughs>